to I Made a Huge Mistake, uh, an Arrested Development podcast. I'm your host, Darren, and today we are going to be covering episode number 14 in season 5, which is called Saving for Arraignment Day. Uh, Written by Hattie Cantor and directed, as always, by Troy Miller. It was uploaded on the 15th of March 2019, along with the second half of the uh, show, uh, and joining me to talk about today is Jordan Sam. Hello, Jordan. Hello. Uh, yeah, in this episode, we get we jump back again to the past and um, what is actually the streaming show, which is why the characters are not played by <laughs> Seth Rogen and Kristen Wiig, but are instead played by husband and wife team um, of, I can't remember, uh, <laughs> Maria Hill from... Uh, the Marvel films and uh, you know uh, Taron Killam and Colby Spaulders yeah. obviously are playing the younger characters um, and then we, we have a kind of we have um, in this particular episode Gene Smart shows up as Mimi um, and that's kind of all that we get from the flashback you know there's a bit of talk about the pageant mm-hmm. um, Mimi is there to pick up whoever wins the pageant and she will take her on a cruise <laughs> so <laughs> It feels like it's a little bit rigged. Um, and then there's a lot of them obviously emphasizing the fact that, that Lindsay is a twin and she is the same age as Michael. Mm-hmm. Um, which, you know, obviously we kind of we know that that's not true because we already found out that she's adopted. And then in the present, uh, George and Lucille and Michael arrive in court and then the guilty guys are there. Uh, we have a recap of Michael spending the Chinese money on buying fake block. Um, the guilty guys do what they always do, and they plead guilty. <laughs> and, and that is why they're called the guilty guys. Not because they get people who are guilty off, but because they just plead guilty every time. Um, they've spent thousands of pounds proving that uh, both Anne Veal and Uncle Jack did not commit the murder. Um, but they are fully behind the idea that, um, that Buster is guilty. Um, and so they put a guilty plea in. Michael decides to not like decides that not guilty is actually a better plea um, and the guilty guys basically realize they cannot hang around because they only ever plead guilty and then go um and barry emphasizes that they have i love that little bit where like the they decide that they go to talk about that in the sidebar yes which is a bar the sidebar is an actual <laughs> bar not the not the normal sidebar yeah they, they want a sidebar to talk about whether or not they could continue and then they phone barry and say they cannot continue um, Barry obviously emphasizes that, you know, they're the people you hire if you're guilty because obviously they just plead guilty <laughs> and that's, they, 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 they've never basically been to court and that's why they have never lost, which is what Barry said earlier. You know, he said they've never lost, but that doesn't mean they've ever won. Um, and the same is true of, uh, Dusty. He recommends that they get D- Dusty to be the, the new lawyer because, um, Dusty is the only one who's ever defeated, uh, Lottie Dottie. Um, and so, you know, they Lucille goes to kind of convince Dusty to become their lawyer. Um, and it's funny because once it's revealed what Dusty's actual relationship with Lottie Dottie is, the discussion that she has with Dusty about how he should cut his hair and, um, you know, he's like, well, she, you know, she could never make me do that. And, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, it, it ends up kind of um, having a completely different meaning once you know what the relationship is. Uh, but for the moment, we're assuming they're <laughs> husband and ex-wife. Um, and so Lucille eventually persuades Dusty to join. Uh, Dusty freaks out uh, because he's, you know, choked by wearing a tie. His own gang throw rocks at him and <laughs> tell him to get off the beach. Um, and, you know, uh, then we get a C- CDB with Dusty. Um, and uh, in the middle of all that, Job decides that he needs to put a magic show on when they unveil the wall um, to, the, the, to the investors. 
um, uh, which is the opposite of what George Michael wants. He doesn't want a big spectacle made, but Job is, <laughs> it's too late. Job is going to be the one who, who kind of does this. Uh, and interestingly, the poster on the wall of Job is the same as the magician on the box uh, from the magic set that he stole um, to do the talent show when he was younger. Um, so it, it's nice to see that kind of little callback there. Um, and then on the next, we find out that uh, Annette gets voted out of her um, out of um, Lucille 2's apartment, should I say, <laughs> um, which she kind of engineers because she's had enough of, of her father and, and his his fake family. Uh, and then she finds a list of empty properties, one which has an ocean view. Um, and so she, which Stan Sitwell had been crossing off, basically. I don't know why he's been crossing them off. Uh, oh, Stan- well... I think I think they that was supposed to be another red herring that they were yeah that, that he's uh, setting up, but it's they don't really go into that one. It's just there for a second. Yeah, it feels like something that they would have tried to pay off had there ever been a season six. But as it is, Stan Sitwell is missing, and uh, Annette is going to go and live in a different empty apartment, um, uh, which obviously is what she was doing anyway. She was just living in the in the empty apartment of somebody who disappeared anyhow. So now she can just go and live in the apartment of somebody who's dead or. Um, I don't know if he's gone to live with their family or I, I don't know what the situation is with those people but um, and that's how the episode finishes um, so yeah we're kind of still building up for like the court case stuff like the, the trial is still just about starting it's taken us 13 episodes to get here um, but we're finally here the guilty guy is probably my favourite part of this season just their entire ext- over the top long yeah. introduction uh, we find out that their show was cancelled because basically they just plead guilty every time and so there's no case to follow um, and they were replaced by the, the plea bargain guys or something. People who basically going to take time over a court case and spend, you know, weeks and days <laughs> kind of dragging it out so it's more suitable for a, a streaming service, basically. Um, and, yeah, I, I, I love all the stuff, particularly how they just come in quickly with, a, like, a ton of evidence, and then they just plead guilty. <laughs> yeah. And it's, like, such a build-up, uh, particularly when they'd gone to the trouble of spending $7,000 on... Um, having Anne Veal exonerated, even though she was literally nowhere near the crime scene or even in Orange County on the day of the crime. So, you know, but I like their thoroughness. I, oh, well, I really do love the setup and how they do, how they do that. Um, like when I first saw it and I was wondering why they were doing the, the, that breakdown and stuff like that. And then it gets paid off if you find out that it was going to be a Netflix series or something like that, uh, really kind of just makes, makes Kind of puts not only puts it in perspective, but makes this this scene so much more funny. Or yeah, where it's just where they even like they do this, and then they show the scene of the episode that the, that was on Netflix of the, guilty, and then it just ends. And like you said, it sh- it it put up up next to the plea bargain guys or whatever in the queue. Yeah, and as as well, like they they have a cliffhanger where you see them in court and they're about to stand up. And then it cuts and then we get all the stuff in court and then it comes back and then <laughs> they, and then they go, uh, we plead guilty. And then that's that's it. That's the end of the episode. Uh, the the actually the guys they were placed with are the bathroom plea deal boys, <laughs> which is which is uh, a great title for a show. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I kind of I kind of I kind of like that. Yeah, just like the whole build up. Uh, and towards the end of the episode, we, we get this thing where, um, uh, like I said, we get a, 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 CB, a CDB, uh, a casual drop by um, at Dusty's home, which turns out to be a gigantic mansion that has a staff for each floor. Um, and the, the first floor staff don't know what the second floor staff are doing. 
Um, <laughs> and so there's some rivalry going on. I yeah. Mean, uh, uh, There's uh, some Game of Thrones stuff going on there. That's uh, <laughs> if you ask me. I kind of like how they kind of they set all that up. Like the three different people appear to kind of talk about this casual drop by, and obviously they ask, "Has it been booked in?" Uh, and they're like, "No, it hasn't been put into the book." And then another one turns up, is like, "How can I help you?" And then another person <laughs> turns up, and obviously this is where Lucille realizes that Dusty has a lot of money. Um, and uh, obviously later on it will be revealed that actually Lottie Dottie has a lot of money um, uh, because that is who Dusty is living with um, having left his wife who is definitely not Lottie Dottie DA um, but yeah so and I also kind of like as well how we when we get to the court we have this little joke with CJ um, and how George Cena is like oh yeah this used to be my bailiff and then it's like oh no this is that was my dad I'm his son <laughs> and it's like oh yeah like, oh little CJ <laughs> yeah uh, he's like your your parents must be so proud and he's like oh well what parent isn't proud of their and then he like <laughs> looks at Buster <laughs> yeah yeah which I which I kind of like as well it's it's you know it's it's quite funny how like you know obviously they're not he's not proud of Buster um but uh yeah i i mean i don't know i i kind of i i, I like that i like that little gag um but yeah this the staff at uh at, at dusty's house is is kind of funny like just how many there are and how the second floor don't know this and and i, I don't know it's just i i just I, I really like kind of out of nowhere all of a sudden dusty is this like super wealthy guy and it's like well of course he was he was you know he was a lawyer they make a lot of money um, but more importantly, his mom is also a lawyer and she makes a lot of money. So um, it it kind of makes sense. Um, but yeah, we also get to see Dermot Mulroney's hair for the first time in this show. <laughs> um, they cut, they, you know, they cut his hair and we actually get to see his proper real hair, which I think makes the character a little bit more convincing um, for me. Because mm. as I said previously, I hated that wig. I, I, It just felt like somebody putting a wig on and pretending to be a character, which I guess is the essence of acting. But at the same time, it's not convincing if the wig is that bad. Um, it just looks. It doesn't. You can't take this. I can't. I can't take a character seriously if if the, you know, if the wig and the costume or whatever just is so is so terrible. It just. It just. It just doesn't. It doesn't put me in the universe. It just makes me think it's all a TV show. And aside from you know, Glenn, you know, breaking of the fourth wall or whatever, I don't want a TV show to take me out of it due to poor production. I also like. Uh towards the end that little bit where the narrator completely miss uh miss thought uh, lucille said something about the staff yeah we're like uh she says and lucille said said about the staff and she's like how much money does this santobo have and he's like oh well yeah she said that but about the staff and then she's like i'm going to you know bleep him and he's like oh well i guess she didn't say something about the staff <laughs> yeah yeah. I don't know why I thought that. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, it, it is. It is funny when it's like, oh, I, I didn't expect it to say that. Yeah, like the, yeah, it is. It is. It is kind of funny how he's setting Lucille up to say something, and then she doesn't say it, um, which is you know a nice little kind of uh, turn to that. Uh, again, uh, Tobias is still Mrs. Featherbottom while he's living with maybe, and I've kind of had enough of that. <laughs> like I enjoyed Mrs. Featherbottom when it was a character in, in season three and oh sorry season two and it lasted just about as long as it needed to last in season two and um, bringing it back here and just having it kind of keep going on and on um it just i, I don't know uh, i also kind of like how we get a little bit of the flashback back to the vote out um and obviously you know the kind of complicated system that 
Michael came up with um, in that particular episode. It was about ten minutes of him just explaining to George Michael <laughs> how it will work, uh, and even then it completely went wrong, like the wrong way. Um, and then maybe basically uses like you think maybe he's going to do it to vote somebody else out, but she's actually doing it to like she's doing it to do what Michael did, but for that reason, like she's deliberately voting herself out. Um, and so I, I kind of like that as well. Um, and also we get a call back with the my daughter crossed out <laughs> in the net. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I just I like I like that maybe is kind of had enough because I think I've also had enough of these these characters. <laughs> so. Um, you know, I, I mean, I kind of like that. There's also a nice bit of business where Lucille kind of winks at George Senior. <laughs> um, and, you know, kind of, there's a bit where Michael also, I think it's in this episode, refers to, you know, start blinking um, to his mother. And, you know, she doesn't, she kind of keeps her eyes open. Um, you know, we also have a banner, of course, in the, in the flashback, which is Junior Mr. and Mrs. Bluth 1982. <laughs> Um, you know, again, a repurposing of a banner, something that the Blue family, are, you know, want to do. Uh, they don't just buy new banners, you know, at the drop of a hat. They just keep adding to the old banners. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I also kind of uh, I kind of like um, I mean, like I say, I just love the Guilty Guys so much. You know, Garrison, Harvard, Sweet, uh, David G. Man Barnes. You know, they're just <laughs> they're, they're just so fully realized. And they're only two episodes for a total of about five minutes. Um, but they really kind of, uh, I don't know, they, they feel really kind of lived in um, in terms of characters, which is, you know, something that I think Dusty has failed to do for me in pretty much all the episodes he's been in, um, you know. Uh, and I and I guess also there's, like, again, like the story of him, like, becoming the lawyer and tidying himself up and getting a tie and then freaking out, and that feels kind of, like, a bit overplayed, like the whole kind of, like, hippie who's actually got a profession and then decides not to do that and okay i just i'm not a big fan of i like Dom, dermot Mulroney. this is a thing i really like him in other shows you know i liked him in new girl and you know like he's he's like he's been quite funny in other sitcoms but in this show it just feels like his character isn't really character um so the fact that they spend so much time on him kind of uh, i think brings this episode down a little bit um you know there's also a mention of uncle jack from mimi where she says that uncle jack has dumped her um so uh because he wants to start afresh with his 80th birthday <laughs> um which i guess if that's 1982 that means by the time this show started he would have been almost 100 so the math on that doesn't quite work out um because i think he was only actually meant to be in his late 80s then so um also mimi's existence something which you know i'll discuss in other episodes as well uh calls into question why nana died in season one <laughs> and who that was <laughs> Um, if Mimi is her mother, um, is like, well, who, like, who was, who was Lucille hiding, who was playing Nana in season one and who had died and was, you know, not sending money to, um, uh, I, I know it's, it's just a weird kind of thing. I mean, you know, there have been some fan theories as to exactly who Nana was and who Mimi is, but I think it's a show kind of making a mistake and other people trying to cover it up. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, is there anything else in this episode, do you think? There's actually, like, I remember two little spots where they actually kind of tease uh, some character development of the of uh, of uh, George Michael, Lindsay, and, and Michael. Like, they bring up some of their, like, you know, things that there's, that's kind of like what has been going on for them in almost all of the series or something like that, But or at least with Michael. But George Michael was like, they're talking about uh, something and how he... George Michael still has has to go on for the wall, 
and maybe like chat chastises him for that because like you know those those were people that I was getting you know to get uh field for whatever or, or like feel concerned for you know and you're still good that's going to like separate them are you still going to do that horrible horrible thing and and like they back and banter back and forth and she's like and George Michael says maybe sounds like a slightly self-aware Aunt Lindsay and maybe calls George Michael a minimally woke Uncle Michael. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just 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 that neat little thing that it pays off actually, you know, like how the the role reversal and stuff like that. It, but it's just like a nice little thing to see, you know, they 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 that's how you know, that that's like the arc of the of their going through this all this stuff and all that stuff like that's an actual it's not just a joke, it's just actually part of what they're like their character call, you know, are going to, are, you know, important to them. And another, and with Michael, I I can't remember when they also brought this up, but he's at one point he's talking to Buster in jail and they do like a split screen with him in the electric car and Buster in jail and he's going yeah. over like how they're going to do the do the mistrial thing and he's going to try and but says like no, I should you know, I've got proof. I've got Lucille Ostero always calling me, and you know, like, and he's like, I should be the lawyer, blah blah blah, and and Buster just like outright says, like, why do you always have to be the hero? Uh, it's interesting because they shoot that scene by having a split screen with the top and the bottom of the screen, and that the top <laughs> is the prison with subtitles yeah. of Tobias of um, of a um, Buster, Buster talking, and on the bottom you have Michael in the the, the kind of electric car, but the it's the sun is shining on the windscreen so you can't see his face and you can't see him talking <laughs> so neither of them are actually talking it's like a scene that's been constructed from you know to, to basically it's adr um and and it's kind of it's kind of funny that they they kind of just i don't know why they did that but it's just that it, i guess it's maybe like calling out the fact that some of the other you know actors in the show weren't available for certain periods of time so maybe they're just doing that as like a meta joke um but yeah there is a lot of kind of uh of of like Michael being called out, and again they say, and this is something that I think the show keeps harping on, but they say you know Captain Hook's lawyer, um, but he wasn't Captain Hook's lawyer. He was prosecuting. He was, he was prosecuting <laughs> Captain Hook. They keep saying, "Oh, experience of being Captain well, Hook's lawyer," and he was prosecuting him, and now he does actually have maritime law experience. So. Um, you know, like the fact that they keep in the show, keep having everybody say, oh, yeah, you've got you, you know, you were you were Captain Hook's lawyer. When the actual in the actual song, he says, judge, won't you throw the book at the pirate? Like, so he's, he's literally the only lines in the song are him prosecuting Captain Hook. And they, they keep saying, oh, yeah, you were Captain Hook's lawyer as a kid. And he wasn't. He was the prosecutor in that case. Um, you it know, just, it just shows you how how little his family pays attention to what he does. Yeah, I guess. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, they have a vague grasp on one concept. Um, mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, there's not much to say about the kind of the the streaming series thing. Obviously, there'll be a lot more of that in the next episode. Um, but like, just the weird kind of the weird shooting style and everything, and how it's slightly different to the rest of the show, kind of gives away that it's not just a flashback; it's something else. Uh, the fact that obviously Michael signed away the rights to Buster's story, uh, you know, for a streamer, um, kind of makes kind of sets that up a little bit. 
Um, but yeah, I don't think there's much else to say about this episode. Like, there's uh, like it's just kind of a setup for things that are going to happen in the next couple of episodes. You know, the streaming episode and the truth about you know what Buster did uh, when he was a kid, um, and that's just all kind of leading up to the the very quick trial that we get. Like, <laughs> the trial barely happens. Like, it's only just starting in this episode, and it's going to be over like halfway through the end episode. It's like it's barely two episodes. Um, I would have re- like you know they they promoted it as like Buster going on trial for murder, and I would have liked to have seen them actually do that as a thing instead of you know what ended up in the show uh is there anything else that you think needs to be brought up in this episode nothing too much i did like the small little callback of the charlie brown walking around dejected thing when yeah. dusty got got rocks thrown at him and told to leave yeah i mean I, it, it, that's i just like that little joke i mean no matter how they how they use it I, d- um, I personally don't think Dusty deserves to have the, <laughs> yeah, I know the, the Charlie but... Brown joke, but yeah, they throw it in one more time. And I think we mentioned that Job thinks Mum is Chinese for foot. Did we mention that? Yeah, the, the whole thing with him getting the foot delivered, and obviously we'll find out in the final episode when um, you know it turns out it was it was ordered off Alibaba by. Um, by Buster and he should have ordered a hand and, and you know he can't get a replacement so he ends up with a foot where his hand should be and he uh, towards the end literally towards the end of like the last episode he literally puts his foot in his mouth um, and this is like a really long setup for that <laughs> yeah. uh, for that joke to be paid off um, but yeah I do, again like Job kind of freaking out about a foot in the post and stuff is it, it's a setup for a later joke it's not really funny in itself it's like okay he's been sent a foot Someone's threatening him, but <laughs> we've already got yeah. we've already got the gay mafia <laughs> threatening him. We don't need another. We don't need the Chinese threatening him as well. Like it just feels like a bit of overkill. Um, you know, the Chinese need to be threatening George Senior and 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 with their mildly uh, am- amicable. Ah, I wanted to say amicable. Yes, they're they're mild, mildly displeased. You know. Yes. They need they need to keep that mild displeasure for somebody other than Job because they don't really know who Job is. So, but yeah, it just feel it feels like kind of piling on that joke, but. It's, it's a setup for something that kind of gets paid off very quickly in the final episode. So I don't know there's a huge mm. amount about that. But uh, Well, if we've covered everything, then uh, let's go to plugs. Is there anything you wish to plug, Jordan? Uh, yeah. I, a friend of mine by, the, by uh, name, uh, named Dan does this a stream called Game Apartment 1C. That's kind of like a homage uh, uh, parody of the uh, Game Center CX series where... And, and it follows the, basically the same format where he tries to play video games that are sometimes are hard to get to the endings are and try to get to the endings for people who are seeing like that. And he set up like this really pretty nice like community and I have of uh, watchers and friends and and uh, streams and we have like you know a lot, a lot of fun times and we like stream on f- he streams it on Twitch on Fridays, so it's just at uh, like tw- you know Twitch slash uh, ga one c and you know, we just like to invite people to come see there and have fun while as we watch him mess up or or win. And you can find us on Twitter at a huge mistake uh, pod, or you can find us on Facebook at I've made a huge mistake. Thanks once more for being my guest here today, Jordan, on this and all previous episodes. Well, I still had fun. And otherwise, goodbye. Bye.